Hello and welcome. You are listening to Patrick Boyle on Finance, a podcast exploring ideas from quantitative finance, examining events occurring in markets right now and financial history to see what lessons can be taken away, including interviews with some of the most interesting people in the world of finance. To learn more about the podcast, visit onfinance.org. Welcome back, guys. So up until now, this channel has mostly been a finance channel. But the problem is that I've gotten a lot of comments and even some complaints where people point out that finance is sort of boring. So I've decided to change the direction of the channel and make it all about rappers and rap music. Now, a few of you are probably thinking, Patrick doesn't know anything about rap music. But I did once say fishizzle in a podcast about a year ago. And that one did really well, and I kind of worry that many of you subscribed back then, hoping for more content like that, and then you found yourselves forced to listen to me droning on about dividends and inflation and things like that. So yeah, it's a rap music podcast going forward. I'll try and cover the goings-on in rap music and any beefs that might happen. That's it, beefs. So in this week's rap news, a rapper named Heather Morgan, who's probably best known to you as Rassel Khan, has been detained along with her husband, Ilya Lichtenstein, accused of conspiring to launder 119,754 Bitcoin that were stolen in 2016 when a hacker breached the crypto exchange Bitfinex's systems. Yep, that's right, Razzle Khan. You've probably seen her on the Top of the Pops where she raps. Some of you probably know her as the Crocodile of Wall Street. That's one of her rap aliases. A lot of rappers do have aliases, and I know this because I have this podcast that covers rappers and, of course, rapping. Now, in truth, the Crocodile of Wall Street is probably not a great alias, as the weather in downtown Manhattan is particularly inhospitable to crocodiles at this time of the year. But that's what she's called, and that is what she is. I guess it's also fortunate that she is in prison right now, and they probably keep her cell heated, so that should be fine for, uh, for a crocodile. Oh, sorry, I've just been told that the Top of the Pops is not on television anymore. It's TikTok. You probably know her from TikTok. Let's edit out the Top of the Pops bit and put TikTok in. I don't want to look out of touch. Is um, is Yo! MTV Raps, is that still a thing? No? It ended in, in 1995? Okay, well, I'll, I'll have to do a bit more research on this. But anyhow... Yeah, so she is a TikTok rapper. Apparently, she's also a Forbes contributor. She even wrote a Forbes article in 2020 about how businesses can protect themselves from cyber criminals. None of these articles rhyme, though. They're largely unrelated to her career as a rapper. So the Justice Department complaint says that her husband, Ilya Lichtenstein, who went by the nickname Dutch, allegedly did more of the money laundering, but significantly less of the rapping. So I'm going to focus more on Razzle Khan in today's piece, because, of course, our focus here is on rap and rapping. It's not really on money laundering and other ancillary non-rapping activities that rappers might engage in, like writing for Forbes, for example. 
It makes sense for me to focus on the wrapping as, in truth, it doesn't look like they were actually that good at money laundering. As you'll see, they managed to launder only a very small portion of the ill-gotten gains for actual spending. And everything they did, the feds were able to link directly from the hack all the way to their bank accounts, accounts with their names on them. The laundering efforts were in truth small scale and they were the reason they got caught. According to the court documents, Lichtenstein and Morgan, or Duchy and the Croc as I'd rather call them, allegedly conspired to launder the proceeds of 119,754 Bitcoin that were stolen from Bitfinex's platform after a hacker breached Bitfinex's systems and initiated more than 2,000 unauthorized transactions. Those unauthorized transactions sent the stolen Bitcoin to a digital wallet under Liechtenstein's control. Over the last five years, approximately 25,000 of those stolen Bitcoin were transferred out of Liechtenstein's wallet via a complicated money laundering process that ended with some of the stolen funds being deposited into financial accounts controlled by Duchy and the Croc. Now, the complaint doesn't accuse this couple or any other rappers or Forbes contributors of stealing the bitcoins, but when they were stolen in 2016, they were worth $71 million, and they're worth $5.3 billion today. Money laundering is, of course, illegal, and the goal of the process is to make large amounts of money generated by a criminal activity appear to have come from legitimate sources. The money from the criminal activity is considered dirty and the process launders it to make it look clean. If you've stolen bitcoins, they're not that easy to spend. You have to first convert them into dollars or some other currency, which usually involves dealing with a cryptocurrency exchange. And your goal is to hide the source of the currency, get it into the legitimate financial system, and eventually withdraw it from a respectable bank account to spend on iced-out watches and grills. Governments want to prevent money laundering, and so they require regulated financial institutions, like banks and investment firms, and in recent years legitimate cryptocurrency exchanges, to have know-your-customer anti-money laundering compliance programs, where customers have to show who they are and what the source of their funds is. If the source of your funds is theft, they tend to frown upon this. The criminal complaint alleges that Liechtenstein and Morgan employed numerous money laundering techniques, such as using fictitious identities to set up online accounts, utilizing computer programs to automate transactions, depositing the stolen funds into accounts at a variety of virtual currency exchanges and darknet markets, and then withdrawing the funds, which obfuscates the transaction history by breaking up the fund flow, converting Bitcoin to other forms of virtual currency, including anonymity-enhanced virtual currency in a practice known as chain hopping, and using US-based business accounts to legitimize their banking activity. This sounds quite sophisticated and complicated, but when you read the details of the complaint, it's surprising that over five years, so little money actually got laundered. 80% of the stolen bitcoins, the $3.6 billion that the government recovered, stayed in the same bitcoin wallet that was used in the hack. 
The complaint says that some of the stolen Bitcoin moved out of the wallet in a series of small complex transactions across multiple accounts and platforms. This shuffling, which created a voluminous number of transactions, appeared to be designed to conceal the path of the stolen Bitcoin, making it difficult for law enforcement to trace the funds. But most of the money stayed right where it was from 2016 until the government seized it last week. They allegedly set up seven accounts at Alpha Bay and six accounts at legit cryptocurrency exchanges to withdraw $186,000, and that then got frozen. Some of the bitcoins that moved through Alpha Bay got out before the freeze and ended up at another exchange. Unfortunately, that account had been opened in Liechtenstein's name and was registered at his address at the time in San Francisco. This is not considered good money laundering practice, and it's looked down upon in the TikTok wrapping community. Dutchy then used that account to purchase gold from a precious metals dealer, providing his home address for the shipment and a photograph of his California driver's license. So while he did a good job in converting the stolen Bitcoin into gold, which is untraceable portable property, he kind of messed up by giving his driver's license and home address to a regulated financial institution as part of their anti-money laundering checks. Dutchie and the Croc managed to use another exchange to convert almost $3 million worth of Bitcoin into US dollars and into their own bank accounts between 2017 and 2021. But that exchange was a regulated financial institution, so it asked them standard KYC AML questions. Dutchie wrote back to the exchange saying, Hi, I'm a tech entrepreneur and Bitcoin early adopter since acquiring my first Bitcoin in 2011. I'm looking to diversify a bit ahead of the ETF decision and sell about 100 Bitcoin. Please let me know the next steps to move forward. All trades I would execute are from my own personal funds. The LLC is simply there to manage my trading assets. The Croc told the exchange that she would be using her account to receive funds from her business clients and also to transact with her own virtual currency. Both of these sound like decent excuses, but the problem is that Bitcoin transactions are permanently stored on a public blockchain. So the exchange can see that Dutchie had not bought his coins in 2011 and that the croc did not receive hers in a series of small transactions related to TikTok wrapping. Nice try, though. On January 31st, 2022, law enforcement gained access to one of their wallets by decrypting a file saved to Dutchie's cloud storage account, which had been obtained through a search warrant. The file contained a list of 2,000 virtual currency addresses, along with corresponding private keys. On February 4, 2022, a court issued a seizure warrant authorizing the seizure of these funds. The seized funds remain secured in the U.S. government's possession. So as you can imagine, one of the difficulties of laundering Bitcoin is that you have lots of private keys to remember as you move the currency around. You probably don't want to memorize them or write them down on a piece of paper, so the couple saved them on a computer or phone and then backed it up to the cloud so it would be safe, 
and then the FBI was able to get a search warrant and get the thousands of private keys from the cloud provider. Duchy and the Croc are charged with money laundering conspiracy, but the true tragedy of this tale is that most of their efforts went into conspiring and not nearly enough went into laundering. They were Bitcoin billionaires and they couldn't really spend it. They were lucky to be able to get by on the proceeds of TikTok wrapping. Now around $1.1 billion of Bitcoin at today's price appears to have so far eluded the Justice Department. From reading the complaint I get the feeling that some of it is in accounts that the Justice Department still plans to seize. There's no implication in the complaint that they successfully squirreled away a billion dollars safe from the Justice Department, but we can't really rule that out either. The couples also believe to have access to $330 million in Bitcoin that the federal government hasn't located. Prosecutors said this at a bail hearing, though that money is still unlaundered. There's been a long debate about crypto and money laundering, where one side will say that Bitcoin is only useful for money laundering. The other side argue that Bitcoin is useless for money laundering because it creates a permanent public record of all transactions. And why would you want to launder money that way? This indictment shows that it's possibly easier to steal $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin than it is to launder it. Duchy and the Croc managed to extract only a small portion of the money for actual spending, and each time they got money out, the feds were able to trace it. This sort of thing is not respected in the Forbes wrapping community, no matter how much people love the Croc's wrapping. In next week's podcast, we'll be sticking to our rap music theme and looking into the rumors that Vanilla Ice is the third Winklevoss twin. Have a great day and talk to you soon, and I'll leave you to listen to some of Razzle Khan's rapping, which is, of course, her main claim to fame. See you later. Bye. Razzle Khan's the name, that hot grandma, you really want to bang. Always run the guilt game ever since I was 15. I'm many things, a rapper, an economist, a journalist, a writer, a CEO, and a dirty, 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 dirty hoe. Better than most writers, creepier than most girls. Weirder than most rappers, but I still rock pearls. Russell Khan, the Versace better win. Come real far, but don't know where I'm heading. Motherfucking crocodile of Wall Street. Silver on my fingers and boots on my feet. Always be a goat, not a goddamn sheep. Email me, fuck your message at the beep. Beep, 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 beep. The Versace better win, got the bling that win. With the Berber might, I'll win every fight. Just lit, silver really packs a hit. Bobby fashion so legit. Pussy bitches saying stop, about to pop, ain't going quit. They say rise a filthy bitch, but they're jealous of my tits, my eyes, my nose, my bling, my clothes, these rings, my hose. Everyone knows I don't fuck with no bros. Uh, unless they're gay, gays don't count. They're exempt. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Thank you to everyone who is supporting this content on Patreon. If you enjoyed this content, you can find more like it on YouTube, on the Patrick Boyle on Finance channel, or follow us on Twitter at Patrick E. Boyle. Thanks for listening. Bye.